Hello and welcome to the Traumanomics Podcast, a place where we discuss a wide range of topics emphasizing healing, change, and growth for abuse survivors. Drawing from personal and professional experiences, we'll discuss issues openly for those in helping positions such as parents, educators, health and mental health professionals, and members of law enforcement. This is Dr. Chris Bertelson. Chris is a survivor, educator, and author. As a teenager, Chris was a target of a notorious child molester in his hometown, a man who went on to abduct and murder one of the victims. This abduction case went unsolved for 27 years. Chris was instrumental in helping bring attention to the cases, which were eventually solved in 2016. And this is Jordan Howard. Jordan is a therapist here in Arkansas with extensive experience working with abuse victims and males in particular. In addition, Jordan works with couples and people with addictions. Together, we hope to share stories and commentary of resilience and healing in a caring and lighthearted way, bringing attention to issues of abuse, addiction, and the effects on individuals and society. Hey guys, we really appreciate you tuning into our podcast today. And guys, if you find our content valuable, uh, if you if you like our show, please get on social media, get on Twitter, uh, follow us on there. It's at Upstart Res. Uh, please get on the iTunes store and subscribe to us. We would really appreciate that. And if you're listening on Google Play, uh, we appreciate you subscribing there as well. In addition, we'd like you to go to our website, upstartresilience.com or traumanomicspodcast.com. There you can look around. There's some free resources for you there, including a blog um, that we'll be doing um, periodically, hopefully weekly. And keep checking the website because we will be adding more resources and links as time goes on. Hey guys, thanks for joining us here on episode three of the podcast. And we're coming to you as always from here in Arkansas. And uh, it's been, been a good day, been a real good day, productive day for me. How about you, Chris? Good, yeah, it's been a good day. I, uh, it was really hot today here, 97 degrees. I was up in Mountain Home on Sunday visiting some friends up there, and I saw a sign on a, a vet. You know how the veterinarians put the little quirky signs, you know, little funny signs. This one said, Satan called. He wants his weather back. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was pretty, pretty apropos for the for the day. So, But, yeah, it was a pretty good day today. That's an Arkansas classic <laughs> That's there. Arkansas you know. classic. They want to sure. drive through and just look at the church signs. Sometimes <laughs> right, they're right. they're pretty amusing. Yeah, yeah that's right. Yeah. So, well, guys, we're uh, we're coming at you today with uh, something that I think you guys are really really going to enjoy. Um, we're we're going to kind of take this in a little bit of a different direction. We have the first two episodes, and going to let uh, let Chris kind of kind of jump in and share uh, his story. Which uh, there's there's honestly there's there's a lot to it, um, and that. A lot of that we're going to end up covering probably in much detail over the next several episodes of the podcast, but we're at least going to kick it off today and, you know, see where, see where that takes us. So with that being said, I'm kind of going to jump in and let, let Chris kind of take it for a while and see where we go. Okay. Well, uh, thanks Jordan. So I want to start out just by saying that, um, you know, we all have a story and, you know, on the, on the blog, our first blog post, I, I wrote on the website, um, you know, everybody's story is different. It's all unique. People respond to different events and situations in their lives differently. They all matter. Um, and so 
what I'm going to share is there's a lot more detail in the in the book I wrote about um, various events in my life and so forth. But I do want to I do want to say that um, you know your story matters, um, family members their stories matter, and uh, it's really important that you you get in touch with that and uh, and acknowledge those things that have happened and uh, work through that and you know hopefully we can be helpful in that um, as well. So. Um, I guess the thing I, I'd start out with is, um, you know, Jordan left this really open-ended for me. <laughs> so, uh, You're welcome. It all, yeah, thank you. Yeah, it all started when I was just a little boy. You know, um, so I think what what Jordan's really going for is, you know, we have these we have these traumatic experiences, you know, and they range as we've we've mentioned. I think it was ep- episode one that. Uh, things like divorce in your family, having a, a parent incarcerated, uh, death in the family, things like that, all abuse of all sorts really affect us growing up. And I think what makes my story different um, from a lot of them is just kind of a combination of some things. And um, for me, it was pretty normal. And so I don't I don't probably view it the same way Jordan does. Do you think that's true, Jordan? I probably so. I, I mean, I know in our conversations, you know, before we uh, decided to to do this, when we were first just, uh, you know, really getting to know each other as friends. We, uh, you know, when he was telling me the story, I remember just just thinking like, man, this is like this is a riveting story, and like, and I know for Chris, it's like. Uh, this is kind of my story. This, this is it. Kind of, you know, yeah, this, this kind was, of, yeah, right. But that's something to even talk about with this. A lot right. of times when, when there is a lot of trauma, you can see it as normal. Right. And I know? think I, you know, and that's why I kind of say that people's stories matter. They, um, you know, when you're in the throes of something, you don't, you don't, I didn't view it as uh, out of the ordinary. So um, I'll just start with a little bit of a backdrop here. Um, my parents were, uh, divorced when I was five, and um, I lived with my mom for a while, and then um, ended up moving with my dad through some circumstances that he uh, manipulated, I guess. And if you you know, if you're interested in reading more detail about that, it's in my book, um, and you can get the the book when I get it published, <laughs> and uh, you know it'll be on the website too. Um, but you know that that detail is all in there, but. You know, we're going to go to Painesville, Minnesota, and um, Painesville, Minnesota is a little bucolic farm town in central Minnesota, um, you know, good farmland, rivers nearby, um, you know, rich land, a lot of dairy farms, um, you know, pretty Midwest, you know, people think of Wisconsin dairy farms, you know, Painesville was... You know, in that along that line, very agriculturally based town of twenty five hundred people, and um, so we're gonna go into uh, we're gonna go into Painesville. You know, it's a Friday night football game kind of town. Sunday in the summertime, Sundays were for playing amateur baseball and drinking beer and church festivals. I mean, it's just a um, classic Americana parade on the Fourth of July and so forth, and. You know, growing up in an environment like that, you know, we did whatever we wanted. And night, you know, parents didn't know where you were from uh, 7, 8 o'clock in the morning until 10 o'clock at night. And, you know, it was never a, never a concern. Um, 
which, which I know a lot of people look at as sort of like the idyllic, you know, when, when people think about those times of like, oh, I was able to go out and do everything and ride my bike and right. go all these places. People yes. kind of look to that as being like, oh, those were the good days. Yes, and, and that is, you know, that is a, uh, I'm glad you mentioned that because that's one of the things, the, the case that we're going to be talking about here in an episode or two leading up to it is really what changed all that. Um, I'll preface all of this by saying I think in, in some instances, in some ways, we've gone too far the other direction. We've taken freedom totally away from kids. And, um, you know, I, I was involved in one of the cases that made it happen. Um, not by any of my doing, of course, but uh, it just, it's, I think we've really uh, lost our balance on some of these, some of these issues. Um, but anyway, we can we can talk more about that later. Painesville, mid nineteen eighties. You know, we we roller skated, played hockey, went to the uh, movie theater downtown, did whatever we wanted, played a, a game called Kick the Can. I don't know if you ever heard. Of it. You ever played Kick the Can? I've played Kick the Can. Okay, so you know what I'm yeah, talking about. Yeah. So we played Kick the Can, uh, cool summer nights, that kind of thing. Um, you know, it'd be a bunch of neighborhood kids hanging out. I guess the difference between Myself and some of my friends uh, growing up in Painesville was basically, first of all, my parents were divorced, which wasn't quite as common as it is today. And then secondly, my, um, my background, my home life was, uh, my dad was pretty rough. And um, you know, there's some, uh, you know, a lot of yelling, some physical abuse, things like that. Again, you know, I detail that in the book. Um, but with that being the exception, pretty much relatively normal, uh, relatively normal town, normal school friends, all of that kind of thing. Um, you know, I was in the band, pet band, uh, played trumpet and things like that. So, you know, I was in sports, played baseball, football, and um, you had a lot of friends. And I want to go to May of 1987. And um, actually, we'll go to February of 1987. February of 1987, a friend of mine was um, was groped, threatened. His life was threatened um, by a man in a mask who waited for him in a stairwell of the apartment building he lived in. Took his wallet, and uh, you know, said if he if he said anything, he would uh, he'd kill him. Friend had screaming. He said to stop, or he'd kill him. And uh, you know, I heard about this. My friend had told me about it, and it and it was one of those things where you, you just <clears throat> at that age and and that place in my life, I just couldn't get my my mind around. Like, what? You know, I just couldn't imagine that. You know, you don't think of that. Right? That doesn't happen here. <laughs> you know that. How old were you at that point? Uh, and, and at that point I was, uh, let's see, February of 87, uh, I would have been 13. Yeah. Yeah. And so you just don't think of those things. Um, you just don't think of those things as happening in, in your town. And that isn't to say that molestations or abuse situations weren't going on in town. They were, they do, they have. 
we know that. That's the, I think what was different here was the nature of this attack. So my friend tells me about this. You know, uh, there was a circle of us, a few of us who um, had heard about it. And again, we don't know, you know, who is this guy? What's he doing? You know, this is a tiny little town in the middle of, middle of Minnesota. This stuff doesn't happen here. And so um, it really set up some fear, of course, with those of us who, um, who were friends with the, the, the victim. Now, that was the first victim I knew about in total that ended up being about six or eight documented attacks and, and maybe others that were not documented. But a few months later, May of 1987, um, that same kid and I were downtown, uh, you know, kids hang out Friday night, Saturday night, hang out downtown. And we had um, gone to this pizza place and we're riding our bikes home. He lived on the same end of town as me. And, um, you know, again, I go through a lot of the detail of this in the book, so I'm not going to do a, a whole bunch of that discussion here. Uh, unless listeners come back and say, oh, you got to tell the story, you know, but, um, but we're riding our bikes home and uh, the guy was within view of, of my apartment building, you know, 500 feet or something away, blasted out from behind the trees, grabbed my friend a second time. Um, and we had switched spots on our bikes. And so he, um, apparently grabbed the wrong guy because my friend yelled and uh, he said, you already got me. And the guy took off running immediately. And so my friend and I decided, you know, that uh, he was obviously waiting near my house looking for me. It didn't work out. It foiled his plan, so to speak. And so well, even possibly the switching of the, you know, you guys switching spots on the road with your ride. Right. He might have had it mapped out. He, I'm sure yeah. he did. Yeah, yeah he, he had. I mean, we've talked we've talked about this a lot, of course, but we figured he had been on the one side of the block, got a, saw us, and figured out where we'd be as we came around the corner. And then when we switched spots, it threw him. Um, and we didn't do that on purpose. We didn't know, you know. So, um, so anyway, the uh, you know we went through the police reports and all of that, and uh, you know filed a police report. He did. Um, and so then we, uh, you know, that night really set in this hypervigilance and fear in me that, you know, here, uh, that guy was after me and who was it, you know? So, um, living in that kind of hyper tension, uh, and it was a number of us, lots of us had been, um, uh, you know, worried about it, targeted by it, by this guy, whoever he was. And so um, it really it was a, a game changer for us. Yeah, you, you may talk about this later on, but can you tell us a little bit about the the group of friends that you had there? As far as just kind of like what similarities you guys had in common, as far as just being that group of yeah buddies. Hanging out. <laughs> yeah, so uh, we call uh, we call ourselves misfits. Yeah, and um, you know I had already kind of been having some issues in school because uh, of what was going on at home. And, uh, you know, I'd gotten in trouble. I skipped school one day, went home for lunch with this friend of mine, and I, we were actually smoking cigarettes, <laughs> you know. But, um, 
so I had some issues there and you know in this in this system that I was living in I wasn't going to talk right um, you know maybe you want to address that a little bit of just not feeling comfortable to share what's really going on um, but I wasn't going to say anything you know about home that was yeah, well, I think if you look at, you know, I mean, I, I still think it's it's similar to that now, you know, even in today's time, but especially if you look at the 80s. I mean, yeah, you know, everybody's, again, thinking it's this, you know, it's this place where you just don't, you definitely don't, you don't worry about those things, and you don't talk about them for sure. Right. But as you talk about it even more, again, in, you know, what do you want to call it, male culture or whatever, right? guys definitely aren't sitting around, you know, hey, guess what happened to me? I mean, that's just not. Right. That's, that, not what that's true. And, and it's, yeah. and it, you know, it's denial is not just a river in Africa. <laughs> you know, that's the other piece to this is, you know, people in the community, some folks knew, and, you know, I'll get to that too, as far as our case is concerned, but some folks knew and tried really hard to help and wanted to stop this. And some people just didn't, they just, they didn't want to admit it. Well, even as you look at it with your with your friends and stuff like that too, I know you know for me in therapy, you know, sometimes when you're doing like group or things like that, you can if you can get one person to kind of jump out there with their stuff and be like, hey, this is what's going on for me. Sometimes it can give other people some freedom. Right. Sometimes the shame and everything else still holds us back from being able to fully fully go there. Right. And we'll we'll go to that. You know, yeah. No, that too. that's true. But you know, in our situation when. So when we talked about it, what was interesting is there were a couple of newspaper articles. The school sent home a notice to families um, to, you know, protect their kids. Keep, you know, we're thinking about a curfew, things like that in our town. And I always find it kind of ironic that, you know, the people who were reading those notes from the school and reading the newspaper articles weren't the parents that we had to worry about, right? It's like the, uh, you know, when I was teaching, it reminds me of when parents would come to conferences. The parents who came to conferences typically weren't the parents that I wanted and needed to really see, right? The ones I really wanted and needed to see were um, were not coming, you know? And so that was a similar situation with us in, uh, in Painesville is how, you know, we just had to, we had a lot of freedom, freedom borderline neglect <laughs> I mean, well, and I'm glad you said neglect that's where I was going with it is let, let's let's kind of call this what it is I mean it, it it's neglect yeah. you know and I know that may not be a fun word to throw out there at this right. point and but I mean that's that's truly I mean there's many different layers of neglect relational neglect you know uh, just just the general neglect like DHS take my kids neglect right but there's that thing of you, know, you guys were just you know, you were on your own right. a lot. Right. Yeah. Yeah, and there is some there is some truth to that. We kind of raised ourselves, um, hung around with some friends, and of course, you know, we'll talk about friendships later on. But what what happened with the uh, with this situation is, you know, this masked uh, predator is in the town. We uh, we don't know when he's coming next. Who he's next? Who's next on his list so to speak and so we we really kind of banded together and uh the group of us you, you know how schools the groups clicks within schools kind of band together we kind of did that and um what we found is instead of this rallying cry by the community or the school um, staff whatever 
to come to our aid and support everybody, we had the opposite. Kids were getting bullied. People would hear about, uh, and you know, we actually the guy had this with his moniker Chester the Molester, you know, and you know, as ridiculous as that sounds, that's what it was. We called it Oh Chester, you know, and these kids would uh, make fun of other kids like Oh Chester's gonna get you, you know, Chester the Molester, and um, uh, so it didn't. You know, I think about today how much we've learned. You know, they'd have if something like this happened today. How would schools? How would schools respond today? Yeah, you'd be all. It'd be everywhere. Right. Yeah. You know, you'd have yeah. counselors yeah. from other schools coming. And, yeah. And I'm not. I'm not speaking disparagingly of my school where I went to school. I'm just saying that. Well, a lot of it was the time. A lot, I mean, of, a lot, time. A lot of it was. Yeah. You know, yeah. and you so. know, but but that's something I think too to kind of punctuate here as well is like we. I know oftentimes it seems like we will, will, will vilify current current culture for being what it is and right. all the negatives. And, you know, one thing that did, obviously, like you said, comes from the story you're going to tell later on, too, that comes from this case, is how some things change. And as you said earlier, yes, I think uh, I agree with you. There's been some that's gone too far right. with it. But there is this aspect, again, of like in those times and years prior to that, too, there, Look, guys, there's a lot of stuff that went on back in those days that people, to this day, still haven't probably come forward about. Right. That happened because people didn't talk about it. And, well, that's just not going to happen in my town. Right. Until it does. It's happening everywhere. Yeah, it's happening. And it it does, right? It's happening everywhere. So, um, you know, we'll get into more of that here. Uh, We keep saying that, Jordan. We're going to get into that. Um, So you just, you got to be patient with us. But but we will get into it. And so... uh, could be, our, could be our new tagline. Could yeah. be our new tagline, <laughs> right? Um, so we are going to um, we're going to stop here now, um, and we'll pick back up in the next episode, and I'll continue on um, telling you a little bit more about uh, growing up in Painesville. All right, thanks, guys. Thank you. This podcast is made available by Upstart Resilience LLC for educational purposes only, as well as to give you general information and a general understanding of the subject matter. This podcast is not designed to give specific professional advice. By using this podcast, you understand that there is no counselor-client relationship nor any other professional relationship between you and the hosts. This podcast should not be used as a substitute for competent professional advice from a licensed professional in your state.